0: Welcome to episode four of Court Cases, the official open court podcast. My name is Damian Peters and I'm joined today by my good buddy Len Worley. Today we are giving our thoughts of the first week and a bit of the new NBA season. How you doing my friend?
1: Hey, how's it going man? Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hope all our listeners had a good New Year, safe New Year. What have you been up to?
1: Oh, not much, you know, lockdown
0: Lockdown <laughs> Here in
1: Germany, the, the, the COVID, un- unless uh, unlike you in Australia, you're, you're lucky
0: Lucky. I don't you. say
1: the word now <laughs> lucky,
0: luck, lucky in lockdown, you can, you can watch NBA basketball
1: Well, yeah, but it's still at night, you know yeah. um, I, I do though, I do though, yeah I mean, basically life, life has been turned upside down 2021 hasn't been that much of a change yet But as you said, um, at least we get to watch NBA basketball for now
0: that's it. Let's get right into it, shall we? Yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, I want to start. Obviously, the the first week in a bit of the season always gives us talking points. I want to start with some surprising teams. Um, there's a whole range of teams that we can go through already, but let's start with. Who do you want to start with? Who, who who who's caught your eye?
1: Um, I don't care. You can we can start Knicks or Warriors, whatever you want.
0: Yeah, let's go New York Knicks. It uh, was funny. I was watching. I was watching First Take like the other day and, and Stephen A Smith's finally on the New York Knicks train which was hilarious. Uh, I watched on the other day and honestly, Julius Randle looks like he's he's on his way to becoming an all-star. He's putting up like at the moment superstar super type numbers. I don't know if it's sustainable, but he looks unbelievable um, and it looks like that he he's basically now their franchise player which is really interesting um i'm I'm a big fan of what they're doing leon rose and and all the guys there i think tibbs was a right coach for them because they got they they they're forming an identity which is good i heard they're they're in the market now for taj gibson they're trying to move a roster spot um he has familiarity with um thibbs um so he's going to come back and i just like their roster um how they're playing i'm a bit disappointed in obi toppen but you know that it is what it is, but RJ Barrett has, has come along. So that's, that's something that's, that's really helped them.
1: Hey, yeah. Um, yeah, first of all, uh, maybe you remember in, in, in one of our previous episodes when we, when we had our, uh, rankings, I thought the, I, I say that the Knicks could be a surprising team in the East because I like what they, what they have.
0: You flirted um, with the Knicks, didn't you, a little bit?
1: I did. Um, now, well, last night's game, I watched it. That was pretty much uh, they they went back down and hit kind of like hit rock bottom. That was an awful game. But before that, man, they look good, I tell you. Um, and I think, as you said, uh, Tom Thibodeau is the perfect guy for the team. Um, we know that he's able to work with a young core. You know, we, he, he's been a great coach when the Bulls had that young team with Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler, you know, and all that. And Joakim Noah as well. Um, it's just like, I think now we're seeing how bad of a front office work the, the, the Timberwolves always have, have been, you know, Jimmy Butler, Tom Thibodeau, everybody's thriving when they leave the Wolves, you know? So, but that's a different topic. Um, yeah, I like what the Knicks have been doing. Um, Julius Randle looks like a star. He has shown glimpses of it before in LA and in New Orleans, but he's never been to like, he's never been able to play entire season like that on that level. Maybe he finally can. Because I always liked his, his assets and his type of style and uh, t- type of game. And he's always been a good player, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I love R.J. Barrett, I think, for a second-year man. He's improved majorly. And I think um, if he remains... Like, last season, he had a, a lot of injuries here and there. And, wasn't a, and and the team was awful. And there was no real leadership, in my opinion. So for him to, to develop uh, like this and have that big of a jump in only a year or two is very promising. Um, I like what the supporting cast has been been doing as well. I like that um, Mitchell Robinson has been freed by Thibs, getting starter minutes, as he deserves, you know. Um, Bullock has been playing great. There's a lot of assets that that probably weren't on on any, you know, that people weren't calculating before the season, but they, they, I don't know, Thibodeau and Leon Rose have kind of like made it work. It it, it seems like a team for the first time in in maybe a decade or since Melo left at least, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. I think that... It's really interesting how the NBA is like this, where no one, where no one anticipates a team to be good, and then they come out of the blocks. and I think the Knicks are a little bit bigger than just a good story. I think, I think it. I don't know how sustainable it is. I like, I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs, but they at least they have an identity now. Um, you know, they have a one-two punch with Barrett and Randall. I think Randall's even better than people expected. And after after Barrett struggled in his in his rookie season, he's really come along. And I don't know if they anticipated him, anticipated him to be this good either. You know, you have guys like Alfred Payton um, playing well as well. You know, Austin Rivers playing out of his mind. I saw, I, I saw him score 14 straight points in the clutch the other night. Like, just these these different things. So, And Rivers has come out and said that he's been on a lot of bad teams, but this Knicks team actually isn't one of them. So, you know, that's really interesting to hear something like that uh, from, from a guy like Austin Rivers. So I like what the Knicks are doing. They're one of they're one of the really surprising teams for me. The another surprising team for me, which I know you wanted to get to, was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Same conference, started off really really well, dropped a couple lately, but amazing start. Um, they've been a really really good story. And another team where they're going to be probably sneaky playoff team. What do you reckon?
1: The Cavs a uh, playoff team? I don't think so. <clears throat> um, as I said, they're a surprise to me. I I like the. Uh, now dubbed Sexland Backcourt, <laughs> I mean that nickname's got to start. Uh, yeah, but they have been like they had had a couple of injuries as of late. Um, Kevin Love has basically not played at all this season. Basically, I say because he played a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. Now Garland is injured too. Um, yeah, but 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 I like what they what they've been doing. I think it it took some time for um, Drummond to to get used to the new team, and now. It's, it's been clicking, you know, we can't we, we shouldn't forget that they haven't played professional basketball since March, you know, because they weren't in the bubble and nothing. So it, it that takes a while. They haven't practiced and stuff. And offseason was shorter. Preseason was shorter. There was no no summer league. So it's hard to to find a groove. But they did. Um, and I really like what they've been doing. Um, they are young and promising. Um Andre Drummond still is a very young center compared to to most of the like to most of his competition at the top level, and he's he's proven. I mean, he's struggling a bit with his uh, with his shots and with his uh, like even even in the paint, he struggles to make the basket as of late. But I think that he'll turn around, and and I'm, i I have all my bets that he's he's like he'll finish the season averaging twenty points and fifteen boards or twenty plus and fifteen plus. He's he's really really good. Um, I still think that the Cavs should somehow move Kevin Love for another young asset um, that'll fit in better. Because I think Larry Nance has been uh, is is the proven starter. I mean, he he does stuff that Kevin Love doesn't do, and Kevin Love. I don't know. I still like Kevin Love, but I think now it, it might be the last time he, you get something of value in return because he's just like injured too 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 often. But overall, I'm I'm very impressed with these young Cavs, and Colin Saxton looks like a real star to me. It's very impressive. He's efficient. He he knows how to score. He knows how to get to the basket, and he he can shoot. Um, I mean, he's he's always shown that he last season before. Uh, I think after the All Star break, before the hiatus, he was pretty 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 good. He he had basically the same numbers he's having now, and he's just like proven it now that he's like fully arrived in the NBA, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Now, I've been really impressed with uh, Colin Sexton, similar to like Julius Randle just raced out of the gates. With the Cavs, I actually like them a little bit more than the Knicks. Um, I just like their roster a little bit better. I think they're a little bit deeper as well. Um, I've been really, really surprised with them. Um, I'm actually a closet Cleveland fan, so I actually am really, really impressed. And they've actually got off to this really good start. And they've hit, like you said, they've had the injury bug, like Kevin Love, Isaac Okoros missed games. Colin Sexton's missed games, Garland's missed games, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. hasn't even played. Like, these are all, when they're fully healthy, they're going to be a really, really interesting team. You know, JB Bickerstaff, yeah, they... you know, he's he's had his critics, but I think that he's got them playing the right way. They're playing really hard, like, every night, and that's keeping him in a lot of games. I watched them against Memphis uh, the last night, and... It's just a team that plays hard. They're going to be in most games. And and like you said, they have guys like Larry Nance Jr. and guys like this that are really like solid role players in the NBA. So you know what you're getting out of them every night. I think guys like Seti Osman, he's improved his outside shot and things of that nature as well. So... I know, I mean, if if Garland and, and Sexton are healthy, that's one of the more promising young backcourts in the league. And if they can develop the way we want them to, I don't know if they get to like CJ Dame type level, but if they're good enough in the East, the Cavs can really make some noise. I do like your suggestion of moving Kevin Love, but even if he's healthy, this Cavs team, you know, he gives them another, another, another dimension with his stretch shooting and drumming inside the paint. So, I mean, I like everything about this Cavs team. I think they've dropped some winnable games even lately that they should have won. I watched one in particular against the New York Knicks on their home floor where it was just an ugly game and, and it could have gone either way, but the Cavs just didn't have enough. And those are winnable games that if they actually want to get into the, the play-in game or they want to get into the playoffs, these are games that they're going to have to win. I just like, you know what, you mentioned it, you mentioned Andre Drummond. It's a good point you bring up because... Andre Drummond, a lot of people thought that he went to Cleveland and, like, that was, like, the end of his career. Like, his career was going to die in Cleveland. But Andre Drummond, if he was on good teams, like, his reputation would be so much higher. Like, Andre, Andre Drummond's a good... Like, he's a good big man in the league. Like, he's a big body. He, he He's good around the basket, improved three-point shot, improved uh, free-throw shooter, like, just a big unit. Obviously, the best rebounder in the league still... Um, Andre Drummond does, probably doesn't get enough love as he should, and I, I think he's a he's a, he's a nice piece as well. I don't know if I love the Drummond love um, front court, but you know if they're healthy, it's probably one of the more talented ones in in the in the Eastern Conference. But I just like what the Cavs are doing. I really do.
1: Yeah, I mean some valid points. Um, only thing that um, I think Kevin Porter isn't injured. Uh, he has some. Other types of problems. Yeah, yeah he's got some know? personal stuff. I yeah. heard, I heard that um, he's he's been too immature. They didn't, yeah. they didn't uh, say what exactly it was he did, but I think I read they'll hold him um off the team and, until. I read something. You read they're something?
0: Like, yeah, they like the and he's only going to return when he's emotionally ready, which was really interesting. Yeah, that's
1: that's what I read too, but um, they didn't give any details. So I mean, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I don't think he'll be. I mean, he could be an asset. Definitely off the bench. Um, He's got a lot of talent, but yeah, I mean, if you're not mature enough to play, then... I mean, it's a coaches or or front office decision, so they probably know why, and they have their reason to do that. So let's wait and see if he'll come back this season. Um, Another team, let's move conferences that have been, let's say, a little bit surprisingly... I mean, the entire season are the Warriors. A very, very bad and subpar start, so they've been surprising on one end of the spectrum and now they're surprising on the other end of the spectrum because yep. they've been pretty, pretty well as of late, they have gone five and two ever since <laughs> Stephen Curry got rid of his braids. Um, and he's been just like a lunatic since um, he's averaged uh, almost 34 points, six rebounds, 6.5 assists on almost 50, 40, 90 shooting. And he looks like the MVP candidate. Number one, as of now, um, he's been doubted, you know, the, he didn't make like managed to get it going early, and there was a lot of shooting troubles by uh Kelly Oubre, who's still struggling, and Andrew Wiggins, who's gotten a little bit better now. The return of uh of um Draymond Green was key because he is very important to the team, and just because he averages as like I quote Chuck a single, a single, uh, <laughs> a, a single d- d- triple single, whatever you know, um. He, he's he's the one of the key guys of the team. He's probably the second most important player after uh, Stephen Curry, without a doubt. He's the best defender, still one of the best defenders in the entire NBA, and, and the entire team changes once he's on the court. You just got to look at the at, <clears throat> at the advanced stats, you know. It's unreal, and you got to watch the game because his presence is, is more than just like you can't look at the box score and say, ah, oh, this is Draymond Green. Draymond Green, does stuff that does not show up in the box score. Um, and and Curry has been way more confident with uh, Draymond Green on the court as well, and it shows. Um, I like that um, everybody counted Curry out and often and, and said like, uh, like Lillard said, you know, he can't do it without a second star or whatever. He, <laughs> some people said it, it's Clay, it, it's been Clay's team all along, and it wasn't Steph. I mean, it's just like. So many bullshit I had to read about Curry and and fans jumped on the bandwagon as well and said like, yeah, it's never been Curry. He's not as good. He's not an elite point guard. And right now he's proving him all wrong because he's playing like a maniac. And I love every single bit about it. He's the best shooter in NBA history. He's one of the three or four best point guards ever. And he's a generational talent that changed how the NBA game is being played right now. And I'd never do anything to discredit that guy. He's just like that insane of a player, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The Warriors and Steph Curry, they're a really nice story. Um, I know a lot of guys like when the, at the start of the season, uh, especially after it was so bizarre. Like after the after game one against Brooklyn when they got blown out, a buddy's texted me and he was like, "Yo, the Warriors are really bad. Like they're they'll they'll be lucky to win like ten ten to fifteen games." I'm like just wait on it just wait on it because this rock this warriors team they really pivoted really nicely after they heard the news of klay thompson i actually think their their roster is like somewhat underrated um like like you said started slow but it was more of a feeling out process for guys like steph at the start i watched every every warriors game at the start steph curry's trying to get guys involved you know trying to feel out his new teammates and things of that nature but then he realizes that he can and he should be taking like 30 shots a game. And then all of a sudden he's exploding. Like you said, a a, a real legitimate MVP candidate. I don't know if they're going to win enough games that he wins it, but he'll definitely be in the mix. I mean, putting up insane numbers again tonight against the Clippers, another 38, was it? Um, the dagger over Paul George. The guy's just unbelievable. Um I'm going to touch on James Wiseman a little bit later, but their roster, like you said, they're doing okay now, and, and, and it's after the struggles of Kelly Umbre Jr., who missed his first, I think, 33 three-pointers for the Warriors. Uh, and he's a, he's a guy that's going to come along. You know, Andrew Wiggins, slow start, like always, but, you know, he's going to come along. Uh, I mentioned James Wiseman. You know, guys like Ken Baysmore coming off the bench, like you said. You know, Draymond Green. Draymond Green's not the, the 2016 Draymond Green, but... I mean, like you said, it's still one of the best defenders in the league. Stuff that he does just does not show up in the box score. You know, running the offense, making making sure guys are where they are, um, really the vocal leader, you know, the guy that's going to really grow James Wiseman defensively as well, which is an underrated factor. Um, these are all different things that um, are, are really going to be... They're really big factors in in what's what's happening with the Warriors. So... You know, Draymond Green's a guy who yeah, he maybe regressed a little bit since two thousand sixteen, but he's still the Draymond Green that really adds a lot of value to this team and opens up things for Steph as well. So I love that Steph's I yeah, love that it's... Steph's going to the basket more now Just, as well. Uh, I little... think that's an that's an oh, underrated sorry. thing. Um I think that I think that Steph's going to the basket a lot more now, um, which is really, really good because he's three I mean I was telling I was telling uh, the same buddy like Steph's a guy who I don't know if any superstar in the league has ever drawn more, like, individual attention on every play. Like, the big and the guard have to show out to Steph every single play because of his shooting. And and he, he's just taking those things and he's mixing it up, like, going away from screens, getting to the basket and one, stuff like that. So, the Warriors are a really nice story. Like you said, I'm really impressed with what they're doing. And I knew that they would come good. Obviously, I had them in the playoffs. Um, I knew they would come good. It's just going to take a little bit more time. And like you said, their whole roster is not even firing. I think you know guys like Eric Paschall, he should be playing more minutes as well. And as the season goes on, um, Steve Kerr going to figure that out. And the Warriors are going to be tough to beat every night, especially Steph's going like this. It's going to be hard for Steph to sustain it the whole year, just given how heavy his offensive burden is. But if guys like Wiggins and and Wiseman and you know Draymond chips in, it can be they can be really really fun every single night.
1: Yeah, uh one thing we we shouldn't forget about the slow start of Steph is that he basically hasn't played in a year, you know. And it always takes some time to get back and into a rhythm. And I think he's he's there now. I mean, the braid thing is a fun little anecdote, you know, you can you can make fun of or you can talk about, but in reality he just needed these couple games to heat up and now he's back to his old self.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can go we can go the other side of the scale if we want. Um, and go to teams that we're surprised with, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I'm going to start with the Clippers. Um, Look, they don't have a bad record, but like we discussed prior to to starting this pod, they're still the Clippers. What do you reckon about the Clippers?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, after last night, um, the Warriors game, they were up by twenty two points in the end of the third quarter and the Warriors finished them off fifty two to eighteen um yeah I think it's a psychological issue at that point you know once once the opposing teams gets a little bit of a run they start panicking and and anything and there's nothing working anymore but listen um mostly they they do um they do lack a floor general they don't have a, a playmaker per se they they haven't had one last season they haven't They haven't uh, figured this issue out. They didn't do the needed stuff on the free agent market or on the trade market. They're still lacking that heavily. Um, You can't rely on on, on Patrick Beverly to run the team. Um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are no LeBron James in that that, uh, area. So, yeah, I mean, you need someone to create. They don't have anyone to. They have to create their own stuff most of the time. Um, and that's the biggest problem. That's the biggest issue for the Clippers, in my opinion. Um, all the other assets are looking pretty good. They have a great team, but the point guard position is is that much of a problem, in my opinion, that they won't be a contender this season again.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Clippers, like you said, are the Clippers. I've watched them every single game this year. The Clippers, it, it feels like it doesn't matter how much they get up because they're so talented, like especially on the wing and stuff. It doesn't matter how much they get up the other team's just always in the game and it can be 22 it can be 15 it can be wow the Clippers are really firing here but there's always a sense of this lead isn't for real and the Warriors showed that tonight Uh, I've watched every Clippers game you know even the opening night of the season against the Lakers having a 22 point lead and the Lakers didn't even play that well and they're back in the game and you know somehow the Clippers get over the line in that time but I mean the, like you said, the lack of floor general, I said it last year, I'll say it again. They need a point guard. The Clippers need to go out and get a point guard that controls the game. Because when you go up 22 and you and and it's late in the third quarter, there's no way you should be losing that game considering the talent they have on that team. So they the thing is that with the Clippers, they have a lot of talent, they get big leads and they're just playing. But when it comes to game management, when it comes to we need to slow it down here, when it comes down to we need to execute here, They don't have that. And then you throw in the fact that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are natural leaders vocally. It becomes a who is really in charge here. And I don't know if Ty Lue is the guy to bring that. We mentioned guy like, um, you know, Tibbs before. He's a commanding guy. He's a guy that has a big presence and they need a big personality um, for the Clippers and they brought in Ty Lu and he's a good player manager. He has a good relationship with the team, but he's not a guy that commands. Okay, we're going to do this now. This is how we're going to finish and things of that nature. Like you said, Patrick Beverly nowhere near uh, a point guard that you need for that team. I'm hearing that they're looking at moving Lou Williams potentially to get a, a point guard. I mean, Lou Williams is another guy that's a scoring option, but again, in the playoffs, sometimes unplayable, so it might be an option for them. I don't know who's on the market for them, though, and how much they're going to hey, have to give Let me, let me that's just jump in thing. quick here. Yeah.
1: Because uh, one guy that hasn't worked out with a new team that would probably be a good fit for the Clippers and might be available via trade later on after they have to wait for a bit, uh, Ricky Rubio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He, he, he'd probably be a great fit for the Clippers, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I mentioned that um, in our previous pods. A guy like Ricky Rubio, fans, you know, the casual NBA fans would laugh if the Clippers brought him in, but he's a guy that would be actually perfect for them. Really high IQ, played in a lot of big games, especially in Europe, can open up the floor for guys like Kawhi Paul George, um, can control the tempo and the pace of the game, game management, experience, has, you know, that's just a perfect fit in my opinion. Um, for a team like the Clippers, you know, Paul George wouldn't have to bring up the ball. Same with Kawhi and things of that nature. So that's a guy that they should be looking for. I will say that I like the addition of Nicholas Batum. I think he's been really good. Um, they were really lucky to get him off waivers. There was a lot of teams interested in him. Yeah. I do like Agreed. the addition of I do like the addition of Serge Ibaka, another guy who's been good for them. But again, Serge Ibaka isn't the Oklahoma City under Serge Ibaka. Um, if he goes down, all of a sudden you have no size, and Zubac, Zubac just doesn't cut it um, for them in the front court. When you when you have to play teams like the the, the Lakers, and you have to match up against Nikola Jokic, and you know maybe even a guy like Christian Wood if they make the playoffs and stuff. This is yeah. a, this is these are things that you know the Clippers haven't addressed in the off season. And like mm-hmm. you said, I don't know if they got better um, this year. I I still will have them as a contender just because of the of the. You know the sheer talent they have on the roster, but I'm just not convinced
1: with them either. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's basically even though they had, they added some talent, it's been the same issues they had last season. I mean, they they gotten better, but they haven't addressed the issue they really need it. So, yeah. as long as they don't have a point guard, it's hard to see them go past, let's say, the Lakers or the Bucks or even the Celtics, maybe. You know. Yeah. Um, should should we talk about one more team uh, that has been surprising or in 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 one or the other way? Yeah. Before we move on, um, let got. me think about who who to throw in. Um, I think there's I look, a lot of teams. I think we should probably talk about the Denver Nuggets. In yeah, my opinion, I got the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, I got the
1: Nuggets. It's been a subpar start. I mean, the Mets haven't been that great either. Not not as expected. And um, yeah, but the the Nuggets have been probably. Had had a, a very bad start, despite Nikola Jokic finally showing up at the early season already. You know, because normally he only heats up in the second part of the season, but he's been amazing, and it's it's not not on him, definitely not. They had some couple of problems with a Michael Porter Jr. now being out the second time. Like he's he's had a ten day quarantine, now he's like another ten day quarantine because of contact tracing, whatever. You know, yeah, that's something that's probably gonna gonna be with us the entire season, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. For we sure. can talk about that later, because of, about the corona situation in the NBA. It might be a little bit of a small topic we can talk about later. But um, uh, yeah. um, basically, the whole team has been relatively healthy. Even like the old guys, Paul Millsap has been playing and and um, Jamal Murray hasn't been... He hasn't been the bubble Jamal Murray, but he's not been bad. He's been playing great. A couple of, a couple of rotation players or, or bench guys and, and even starters haven't been performing too well like Mike uh, um, uh, Will Barton sorry Will Barton he's been subpar this season um, but it, it, it's kind of weird maybe they need some more time because they they were one of the teams that had the sh- quit like not enough rest you know like the Lakers they've been playing along in the in the bubble and they maybe they need some time to be fresh again or to to find their rhythm I still have them on my list as one of the top teams because once like there, there have been games where you you can see how when it all clicks how good they are and um it's just a matter of in my opinion just a matter of time but as of now they've been they've been a little bit disappointing to be honest i haven't seen that many games of the nuggets i've seen maybe two maybe you've seen more and, and and can talk a little bit more in depth about what what their problem was or what what problems they've been facing so um, I'm interested in what you have to say about the Denver Nuggets.
0: Yeah, the Nuggets, you know, the other night lost a heartbreaker to to the Mavs. You would have been happy about that. But I mean the the Nuggets uh I think like you said, experiencing, you know, that short turnaround, the lack of training camp, guys just getting into the mode again, even though Jokic has started the season unbelievably. Um definitely an MVP candidate if we're doing it way too early, MVP candidate lists. Um yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal. But like you said, the quick turnaround I think really, really, really affected them. The other thing, like I touched on in previous pods, is that I think just the wing, the wing, the defensive wing depth that left with Torrey Craig and with Jeremy Grant is, gonna, is actually going to really hurt them in the Western Conference. And teams are, are targeting that from what I've seen. Um, I've watched all but one of their games, um, and, and guys on the wing are really getting anything they want. Um, because of the wing depth um, going and, like you said, Michael Porter Jr. not really being available, guys like Will Barton um, and Paul Millsap, who's older now, have to defend these elite wing guys, and these are the guys that are getting, you know, basically whatever they want. I mean, Will Barton's known for his scoring, and they're, they're, they're asking him to to sometimes take on a big, big defensive matchup, which isn't his game. So these are the type of things that um, they'll need to address moving down the line. But like you said, they're going to be fine. The Nuggets are going to be fine. That They've shown glimpses that they can be really, really good. Um, and they're going to be just okay. It's similar to the Utah Jazz. You know, sometimes they can go into slumps, you know, another team that started a little bit slowly. But once they get it going, they're going to be in the playoff. Uh, they're going to be in a playoff spot. It's just, they're just too talented. And they're going to be fine. Um, we can go down the line here. There's so many teams that have surprised for good ways and bad ways. Um, we'll just go quickly. Phoenix Suns phenomenal start um probably yeah, even philly, better than you know any better than yeah. anyone expected
1: yeah definitely philly philly too probably the same in the east you know blueprint
0: yeah i think philly philly's i think philly have started incredibly well and they've been really good but they have had a somewhat favorable schedule um they know, did play the, yeah you know played the wizards a couple of times and stuff so i mean the wizards are another team who started really bad bottom of the conference at the moment um, and I thought they'd be a little bit better but like we all agreed on, their roster just isn't good um, outside yeah. of Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook and I'm a fan of D- Davis Bertans but outside of that, I mean Thomas Bryant, he's coming along as well but outside of that, they don't really have a nice team, you know, Chimura is looking decent in his sophomore year and we, you know, we're big fans of Denny Advajar but I mean outside of you know, the the Wizards have a really poor roster and, and I feel I feel for Bradley Bill because I feel like they're wasting his prime. I'm watching him drop sixty um last night and the Wizards just don't And then have forty. Yeah And, and forty then, plus and then, again. Yeah like, and then forty one again. The Wizards just
1: don't it I just saw that stat um that um Bradley Beal is the first player to score 40-plus in two consecutive games and lose both yeah. since Bradley Beal earlier last year.
0: <laughs>
1: it says it all, you know?
0: Yeah, the Wizards have been disappointing yeah. for me. But like we said, the roster is just not good. I think Russell Westbrook's happy, though. He's putting up numbers, but they're not winning. So, I don't know. That's sort of his blueprint for teams that he's been on. So, they've been good. Uh, they've been bad. Sun's, over, Suns really, really good with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden. Um you know, guys like Mikael Bridges, really making... Michael Bridges, them. man. He's he's man. he's
1: amazing, yeah.
0: You know, guys like Cameron Payne being reborn there and, and, and a true backup point guard now. And, you know, Monty Williams is is an underrated coach. He's doing great things there. I don't know if it's sustainable. I mean, I think they're like second in the conference at the moment. But they've been really, really good, you know. Chris Paul has a very high usage percentage um, from what I've watched. I've watched all their games. Um, Chris Paul has the ball in his hands a lot of the time, and when you put the ball in the hands of someone that with such a high basketball IQ, you're going to create good offense, and that's what they've been doing. Uh, DeAndre Ayton continues to get better. Um, Devin Booker's underrated competitor, honestly, um, and just a flat-out star, really. Devin Booker. So that's another team, um, an interesting one. I want to get your thoughts on was the Houston Rockets. Like, it's just crazy. Like John Wall looks good. Christian Wood, we for the for the fans that didn't watch him, you now know how good he is. This could low-key be the best team James Harden's been on.
1: Yeah, um first first up I want to touch on John Wall a bit. I'm so impressed by him and I and I love what I'm seeing because I I mean, he's he hasn't played in 2 years. He's coming off an ACL and an Achilles tear, you know? uh two of the worst injuries you can have as a basketball player. And um he, he, he looks like his o self. He's amazing. He hasn't even lost I mean he's quick, he's agile and he's shooting better than before even. He's passing. I, I I'm I'm on the John Wall hype train and I hope he can be healthy, you know? I love this dude. Um, Christian Wood, I've been high on him all year long, you know, I've been high on him last season and I, th- I, I previously said it, it's the biggest mistake that Nuggets, uh, the Detroit Pistons have pr- basically done in recent history, even yeah. though there's been plenty, um, and, and, you know, even what makes it even worse is that, um, Christian Wood actually wanted to stay in Detroit and um they just didn't pay him the, the same amount of money they ended up paying Mo- uh, Plumlee you know come on i mean no hate on plumlee but um you see that Christian Wood is a different type of talent different type of player he he can he will be a st- no he, I, I i cut it he not can he will be definitely an all-star this league if maybe even this season already and this might very well be the best team John uh, James Harden has been played on uh, has played on uh, in his time with the rockets that might be true uh now it's only on him to to maybe see that and join the party you know
0: (laughs) it's crazy because i don't think he even realized that like with all this off-season drama you know westbrook leaves robert covington leaves austin rivers leaves all these guys are leaving but i don't think james harden really comprehended that you know if demarcus cousins and john Wall come back and they're healthy John Wall's a better fit than Russell Westbrook next to me because he can space the floor. Um if he's healthy, he's still as dynamic as Russell Westbrook. Um and he's shown that. And he has a nicer jump jump shot. He can space the floor better for James Harden. And then he I don't know if he watched much of Christian Wood, but Christian Wood's a guy that's gonna give you like twenty-three and twelve. He's basically like Clint Capella on steroids and can and can stretch the floor and actually can defend on the perimeter. Um, on the other side of the floor. And then DeMarcus Cousins, yeah. he hasn't even really got going, but he looks okay as well. I mean...
1: Yeah, they the only ones... get better with time, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. And then James Harden, you know, he's parting, and then he's coming back against Portland and giving you 44 and 40, <laughs> like, just <laughs> yeah. in his sleep. It's just crazy to me. Um, but, you know, I don't know if he realized that. And I think, like, in recent you know, recent weeks, the the trade talks have died down, whether that is because he wants to feel this out and see how good they're going to be or whether, you know, there's just not a trade package there available because, you know, the 76ers have started really well and maybe they take Ben Simmons off the table and want to see how that goes. But, I mean, James Harden should stick it out and see what that looks like.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think the, the the Rockets, as I said, um, the longer the season, the more in rhythm those guys that have been injured for so long get and even like with, with the addition of J- put James Harden in there, you know, get a feel for each other and and start start uh being a team. Yeah. Um if they manage to do that, I think they can they can go far. Um how far? I don't know. But yeah. Christian Wood has been one of the best players this season and I I mean I, I think I always compare it to like he's everything Marvin Bagley should have been, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> or what the Kings hoped <laughs> For him to be when they drafted him before Luca Doncic, <laughs> you know. There's controversy. Um, always, there's yeah.
0: controversy there as well with Bagley and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's all. I mean, the Kings is all, ha, always managed to end up being a mess, you know. No yeah. matter how, there's just like it's been like that for. They haven't made the playoffs in like ever since I think 2004 or something. Yeah.
0: I think the Kings are it's like crazy. the Kings are like the only team like the NBA. The NBA has 30 teams, right? And they let in 16 in the playoffs, which means that,
1: yeah.
0: you know, they're letting in more teams than they're not. And the Kings are the only team to not make the playoffs for like the last, I think it's like 10, 20 years or something. No, it's like it's more.
1: It's like, I think it's like 17 years now, yeah, something, something like stupid, that. It's insane. Like, I want to do one more before I mean, we mean the, on. Yeah, the the Is Seattle Supersonics have made the, have made the playoffs <laughs> more, more recent than the Sacramento Kings, you know? And That's they've insane. been gone for a long time.
0: Yeah, that's just crazy. I wanna yeah. do one more before we move on. All right. Um a really a team I really like, Indiana. At the moment they're sitting second in the conference, I believe. Just a solid team. Everyone always writes them off, but they're I know at the moment they're boasting one of the best starting fives in the league. Just play hard. You know, Sabonis coming into his own. Victor Oladipo looks healthy. TJ Warren picking up where he left off. Miles Turner, another guy, Malcolm Brogdon. I mean these are, are they
1: legit Um I think TJ Warren is just coming off surgery right uh, didn't he get injured the last last game or one of the last couple of games
0: yeah, yeah oh I Did think I'm... he's out Sorry. for a while I meant Aaron Holiday um, Yeah but Aaron but Holiday.
1: Yeah but um, uh, well, Malcolm no, Brogdon well. has, yeah, he said. But it doesn't matter. Mark, Malcolm Brogdon has been a star this season. The last couple of games, I saw a lot of Pacers game because I like their style of play. You know, I like I like when teams not are not dependent on a single or two stars, and that's a team, you know, because they don't have like that true star not anymore. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is fantastic, and he's proven more and more that it was the biggest mistake of the Milwaukee Bucks to let him go, or to to. You know, um, I also really am happy about Victor Oladipo finding back his, to his old self. It took him a while after his injuries, but uh, he finally seems to be back. And after all, a lot of, you know, there was a lot of trade talk in in this past season, but then in this off season, Oladipo committed to the paces and, I, I, and he committed early because he probably saw that this could be a great team. And I like that he did. And um, now they're just like, yeah, Miles Turner too. He's what he's been doing on, in the paint, man. He's in, on defense. He's blocking so many shots, and he's yeah. he's been he's been coming off a of, let's say not not his best season last year, and he's he's been back to his old strength at least on defense. I like I, I really like that team. They're very deep, and I don't think it's a fluke that they're second. Um, is it sustainable to 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 be top two, top three, top four? I don't know, but will it be a good team? In, in in the East for the entire season. A hundred percent sure.
0: Yeah. I really the Pacers are a team where like, yeah, like like we said, they just fly under the radar, but but you know, Sabonis has gotten even better this year. Like wins player of the week the first week. The guy's gotten even better this year. I think the Pacers are like a team where they're probably one guy away from being legit in the in you know, in the East. Like they're one guy away. Like, you know, you got borderline all stars with, with Turner with Oladipo, with, well, Sabonis what is an all star, you know, former all star. Yeah, Brogdon,
1: Brogdon too, man.
0: And Brogdon as well. They got guys there. Like, Brogdon's a guy that the Clippers could use. Like, he's just, the guy's just, hey. salt. like, in every aspect of the game, Malcolm Brogdon's just a guy that every team needs. Like, he's. Hey, Malcolm he's just,
1: Brogdon is exactly, it's a guy every team could need. Not only the yeah. Clippers. I think every team would be happy with Malcolm Brogdon on board, you know?
0: Exactly. And, and you know, a guy like Miles Turner probably one of the more, more underrated defenders in the league as a shot blocker and a guy that can space the floor really talented forward i mean that's a team that's going to give you problems every single night i don't i can't remember if i had them in the playoffs but they're definitely going to be a playoff team they just look really <clears> i remember i'm <laughs> happy with them I'm really happy. with I that.
1: remember that that you and Drew both did not, and I was shocked because I had them at six or some or five maybe even, and yeah. I was like, "How can you? How can you forget about the paces? And you, you both had uh, the warrior, uh, the Wizards instead. Yeah, I well, lied. I lied. Um, let, let, can we do one more <laughs> bad team?
0: I lied. Okay. Yeah, let's do team. one more bad team. Yeah, sure. Right. Let's go to the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to talk about the Raptors. We have yeah, to. for we sure.
0: Have to. You go. You go. All
1: right. Um yeah it's uh it's it's new you know
0: it's bad they've been, it's they've, been bad. they've
1: been good they've been good for so long basically the entire past decade they've always made the playoffs mostly they got demolished by lebron james but then the last couple of years they've been quite good they won a championship and now for the first time in ages they're they've started horribly and there's so many problems we, we probably can't even touch base with all of them um the one positive has been uh, Fred Van Fleet, in my opinion. He's been the only, let's see, bright spot on that roster so far. Everything else hasn't worked out. I think the the rotation is not good, and that's on Nick Nurse. Um, players like Chris Bouget, he's who's one of the best assets, and now he's got the the, the chance and and opportunity to play more, and he gives him not as many minutes as he should as he deserves, in my opinion. For it's like one one problem I have with the team. Aaron Baines shouldn't start over him. Yeah. Um, Pascal Siakam has not really been himself again. Like, he continued his bubble form into this season, in my opinion. And spicy pea is more like mild <laughs> pea. <laughs> you know? Uh yeah i don 't know what happened to him i love i love what he did last season prior to the corona hiatus and and the season before as well like the championship season he was a key asset as well without him, they probably wouldn 't have won the championship and he's he's um he 's been so impressive and has he has developed himself into a great player and he 's gotten better every season but now there's some. There seems to be something wrong with his game, and I don't know if he knows what to change or if anyone knows what to change. It's just like he's in a in in, in a huge slump offensively. He is not as good on defense as he used to be, and it's it, I don't know. I, it's not like he's not trying. It's just like something is not clicking for him. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I they think they just they lost just... too. They lost lost too many players in this offseason. You know, they lost their entire front court. Basically, um uh Ibaka and, and Gazo both gone and they I mean Aaron Baines isn't isn't doing the job, you know, those two did and they I mean we we could have seen it coming. Uh we had them way down in, in comparison to the last seasons, but that it will be that bad in, in the East it is not as strong as the West surprises me a little bit. Um I've seen a couple of games, a lot of games actually of the of the of the Raptors and I've been very disappointed in everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean and, and as of now, I think it's very hard for me to see a turnaround. You know, I don't know how um, without additional players or without changing it up. Um, as of right now, I think the, the Raptors look like they're out of the playoff picture and they will remain out of the playoff picture, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs after, after what I've seen so far. Make a great point. You know, when guys like Gasol and Ibaka leave the franchise it's not just their production that leaves it's it's what you've built it's the foundation it's 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 their it's their playoff experience it's their leadership it's it's how they approach every day and a guy like pascal siakam even though i'm a fan of his i always felt like he was overachieving like he was always playing better than what he actually was i think he hit a ceiling now he's hit a point where pascal you're now the main man and we're relying on you to to give us 25 a night and can you be that guy when teams are game planning for you in the NBA? And it's not, it's not that he's not a good player. It's maybe he's a third guy. Maybe he's a complimentary guy, you know, a guy like Kyle Lowry, a year older, you know, Fred Van Fleet, I'm i I'm a fan of his, but not an elite, elite, elite point guard, like an all-star caliber point guard. Um, they're banking on guys like OG Anunoby maybe to, to, to progress in a way where they're not ready to take that next step. Um, Aaron Baines, I love him. You know, he's an Aussie. I think he's good. He's an ogre down there in the paint and stuff. But he, and again, another not another guy who's going to replace what Gasol and Ibaka give you. And not a guy that moves the needle. So now the Raptors are in a position where, where do they go from here? I mean, I heard rumors that maybe they're a team that looks to trade for a James Harden and get back in the mix. And maybe that's the way they need to go. Even though, you know, James Harden potentially after his contract wouldn't stay there. But maybe it's something that keeps you relevant. I mean, I know they're not in Toronto, they're in Tampa, but I just haven't been impressed with them. And really, when you look at their roster now, it's actually not a good roster. It's not, it's not really a nicely balanced roster either. Really weak in the front court, not much versatility. Um, you know, like we said, Siakam, not really a franchise guy. So where do, the, where do the, the Raptors go from here? It's really hard for me to say. I think it might be worth their while to continue on the path they're going on try and develop some guys, give Boucher all the minutes he can, and then maybe end up in the lottery and then try and get a guy that can reboot what you're trying to do. And maybe you pull a, you pull a trade to keep you relevant. But these are really the things that the Raptors, just because we were used to them being in the postseason, season this off-season, we just gave them a free pass, like they're going to be a playoff team. But they've been really, really disappointing.
1: Yeah. I, well, I think that, that wraps it up pretty well. And I think that could wrap up this week's episode as well. Um, we, we've touched base that. with so many teams. We talked about so many teams that have surprised in one way or the other. And the season yeah. is still young. I mean, there's still a lot of room for improvement or a lot of teams that have been surprisingly well could could get worse again. So, as I said, um, the sh- the break was very short and some teams might need more time to To be back to the old self, like the Mavs, like like the Nuggets, you know, maybe even like the Lakers. We haven't talked about the Lakers, but even though the record looks fine, they haven't been as yeah. good as we might have expected them to be. Anthony Davis the other day was pretty upset about their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, stuff like that, you know. People, the players need to. I mean, we, we should not forget that people like like a player like LeBron James, thirty six, coming off for like a two month not even like two months off season, you know, yeah. um, so yeah, well, stuff like yeah. that. You know, it, yeah, just... I think it'll be interesting to talk about the same topic in like, let's say three or four weeks and, and do like a rundown of what we've talked about now in, in three weeks and compare of how teams have improved or not, or of if our predictions have been accurate or whatever happened, you know, I think that that might be interesting for another episode in a couple of weeks time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are, these are really, really early observations. Um, a lot of the stuff is going to change over the course of the year, like you mentioned. It's just one of those things where the short break has just made this season unique in its own way. And it's just become a season that, you know, we're seeing so many blowouts. We're seeing a team like the Miami Heat. They can't defend anyone. Because the short turnaround has just given teams not enough yep. time to work on what they want to work on. Um, and then, the, you know, there's situations where there's managing minutes in the regular season already, which is unheard of at the start of yep. the season. You know, guys coming coming off like, you know, like guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis managing their minutes already in the season. Um, Anthony Davis has looked really flat, like you touched on um and just stuff like that like they're winning games but they look quite average miami just don't look like the same team but we know they're a little bit better than what they're showing it's just all these different sorts of things that are happening it's just a strange season um you know the coronavirus plays a part we've already seen you know yeah we we now
1: yeah that's something we might might should like talk maybe one or two minutes about the coronavirus situation now with the Sixers being quarantined as an entire team and not knowing when on or if they can play the next games um A lot of players are are out, you know, Uh, the Nets are in trouble, Michael Porter Jr., there's a lot of players, and and this will probably be uh, following us the entire season, or as long as uh, the players are not vaccinated. Um, And I think that might lead to, and I I told you in person before that, I think it might lead to another bubble come playoff time, because... um, there's just like not enough em- not enough time to postpone games when it's playoff time to fit the schedule. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the coronavirus. Um I think now is the turn- could be a turning point of the early season already with the Sixers being out um and I'm interested in to see how they'll handle the situation. And um yeah, but uh yeah, yeah it's, without it's, a it's, bubble it's it's
0: yeah. It's one of those things where obviously the G league just announced that they're going to, they want to do a whole season in the bubble. Um, yep. the, the South Bay Lakers, I know have already rejected that. I mean, a whole season's tough to ask. The thing is like, especially if you,
1: if you're not earn like millions and millions of dollars, yeah, you know? Yeah.
0: The thing is like the, the NBA, when it comes post season time, they need to make sure that the best teams can have the best players available. So I, I agree with you. They probably will look at a bubble situation depending on who's, who's available. I mean the, like you said, it's really interesting how how the coronavirus is going to affect this season. Already, we're seeing it. So you know, it's going to affect seeding. It's going to affect guys missing games. You know, rhythm of teams trying to incorporate players, managing minutes, all these different things. We don't even know the side and effect. fantasy, fantasy, yeah. man, yeah, <laughs> fantasy <laughs> well, basketball is a mess. <laughs> that's the main thing, man. But the thing is, like, yeah. with with like like even Draymond Green coming back. He's like, I don't know if my cardio can get to where it was prior to this coronavirus. So that these are like alarming things. I mean, one thing that I found puzzling was Seth Curry tests positive, right? But he's but he's testing positive in an actual game when he's sitting next to a Joel Embiid on the yeah. bench. How can a guy be tested and not deemed clear before the game starts? Like, I don't get that side of things. Like, now, well, Because it's not the bubble not
1: anymore, you know? I mean, yeah, they, I, they have their tests and they get the results back whenever, you know. It's not like yeah. they're in a bubble situation anymore where, where there's an entire team just like figuring out, doing tests all day long. Um, the the results came back when it was too late. He was already sitting on the bench. At least he didn't play. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah, that's it's been, a, I mean... I understand the point you make test them and then I would not play before I get the results back, but yeah, it crazy. is what it is. And, um, then, yeah. you know,
0: even, you know, even stuff like we, we're seeing a lot of health and safety protocol stuff, like Alex Caruso yes. missing five games in a row. Um, and then it's an, it's an unknown until you get to talk to the guy. And then he's like, I had to see it because tracing led me back to someone that after Christmas tested yeah. positive. And it's like, that's just something crazy that like Jared Dudley put it in the best way. After the season, when when he was talking to Lakers Nation, he put it he put it like this. He was like, "There's going to be times in the season where guys just test positive, and it's like it's it's weird for me and you, Lenny, because we're in countries where um you know we're trying to avoid the spread and and the and you know testing positive is 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 rarer, and especially here in Melbourne, it's almost eliminated completely. But in the US, it's like you test positive, okay, he's got coronavirus, and it's just like that. So it's so it's 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 a part where Jared Dudley said that guys are just gonna test positive, and then you know you're just mm. gonna to have to figure it out and that's it that's just a crazy thing for me,
1: yeah it is kind of, it is it's completely weird and i'm I can't wait until maybe next year next next season hopefully things are are back to normal. it'll yeah. follow the entire season it'll be a problem in the entire season um i'm I just don't hope that it that it messes messes up too much you know of the scheduling or or maybe even stop the season for another couple of weeks. We 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 we'll be you know a little bit more s- smart. We'll be smarter about that situation come playoff time, or in in July. And um, what will happen will happen. I don't know. We can't predict anything as of as of now because it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's been a crazy year and it's going to continue to yeah. to be crazy. Um, even, yeah. Even so even stuff
0: like the even stuff like the All Star Game and that everything's changed. Yeah. You know, me and you can't Absolutely. go to games and like you know, everything's sort of changed. So we just kind of have to work through it. Yeah, but, um, <clears throat> it is what we... it is, you know.
1: Um, yeah, I think we could wrap it up. I just want right to shout out Jalen Brown real quick because I love what he's been doing this <laughs> season so far and we haven't had the t- time to talk about the Celtics. who have been pretty impressive. Do you want, want shout-out? That's your shout-out. Hey, you doing one shout-out? I shout just want to, yeah, my shout-out of the week, Jalen Brown. Man, if you, if you listen, keep it up. I love what you've been doing and I hope you stay Celtic for your entire career.
0: All right, I'll do my shout out. Tyrese Halliburton, I see you. Yes, sir. I love what you're doing <laughs> for the Kings. I spoke to you when you were drafted. Keep doing what you're doing. I love your game. Um and we'll leave hey. it at that. Yes, sir. Good that's talk. a
1: good that's a good yeah, that's a good end to, to this week's episode in my opinion. Two two shout outs to two deserving players, in my opinion. Yeah, Halliburton has been great too. Yeah. Um yeah yeah we'll leave it at that um thanks guys for listening as always uh, it's been a pleasure i had a lot of fun talking to dame um we'll be back next week with episode five um stay tuned and have a great week